How's it going, y'all? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, a special episode today. As it is about 11.30 Central, the draft wrapped up about 45 minutes ago. Had a little bit of time to decompress, just kind of take everything in from the crazy night that just happened. That was day one, round one of the NFL uh, draft. A lot of stuff that we did not anticipate tonight. Starting with Malik Willis not going in the first yeah. round. I just, I get, I get it. I get the quarterback class was weak, and clearly the NFL felt the same way. It's just like, surprised no one took the chance. No one rolled the dice. Although, with Tampa sitting there, and we'll get into why Tampa's at 33 in a little bit when we kind of go over the, the trades that happened, but Tampa at 33 may make sense. Minnesota at 34, again, another trade that may make sense for him there. So, Tennessee at 35. I'm looking at the way of the, the draft network. Uh, you know, we've got the we, had, we went live during the draft. We followed on with the picks and the trades. Um, so, we're looking at who's on the board to start round two and uh, the teams and the players that are up and Kind of at first glance, it's cool. I mean, the first three picks going to be Tampa, Minnesota, and Tennessee. All makes sense for that for him. Tennessee's a sleeper, but I think he'd be a great fit there. Tampa's got one another year or two. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into the first round. Um, kind of the overview. I guess the big. I guess really the big surprise is Malik Willis didn't go. Out. I'm surprised Andrew Booth didn't go in the first round. Yeah. Again, I thought a team might roll the dice on his on his upside, but um. Yeah, we get started with the first ten picks. I mean, pretty much chalked though. I mean, for the most part, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, we started out with Trayvon Walker, who was the overwhelming favorite to go number one when the draft was about to start. Which, and and we kind of thought, like I said in the pod yesterday, um, my my mild take, or like I guess cold, like normal take, was that he was going to go one, and I think we kind of realized that like, Balky was going to take him, and Balky Balky today, and took Trayvon Walker at one, so. Yeah, it was definitely shocking. A similar reaction to how, you know, what the Raiders did when they had the fourth overall pick and took Cleveland Farrell a few years ago. Or like when Baker went one. I thought Darnold was going to go one that year, yeah. and Baker went one. So we got no indication Baker was going to go one that year, and we kind of got an indication on a walker, but still um, a reach, I think. Yeah, uh, do we want to do winners-losers? Yeah, let me start with winners-losers. We can get into the picks. Um, I mean, my winners... I'll give you I'll give you a few and I'll let you take I'll let you take your team on winners but the Ravens are a winner for me but I'll let Brett get into that um, I mean the Giants are winners because they made the right picks at five and seven if you're gonna stick and pick there you make the right picks like you're, listen they made the right picks there with Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal so those are slam dunk home runs two guys that were the top of my position boards for each, for respective positions um, granted Neal was you know Quinn was right behind him but I thought Thibodeau was the best edge. Um, Another win I'll give is, is the uh, is the Philadelphia Eagles. You know they move up to get uh, to get Jordan Davis in the draft, but they also trade for uh, AJ Brown. And you know at that point in the draft, they probably weren't getting anybody better. And uh, at receiver, and they've got a rookie quarterback, so you can pay a receiver like that. So um, those are my two winners. I'll let you take a couple. Like I said, I'll let you get the Ravens. Um, yeah, a couple winners from the night. Yeah, definitely. Those teams definitely, I think, made the right choices. Uh, but yeah, like you said, one of my winners is obviously the Ravens. Uh, you stay at 14 and you get Kyle Hamilton falling to you there, which is just insane value, I believe. And he was really a top player in the class at all positions. Uh, a plug-and-play guy on that defense that should be fun to watch, especially on the back end. Yep. And then, you know, you trade Marquise Brown, your top receiver from the past season, 
who apparently requested a trade as soon as the season ended, but no one found out until it was released tonight after he was traded. Um, the Ravens traded him to the Arizona Cardinals so he could play with his the quarterback he played with his junior year, which was Kyler Murray's junior year as well. They both came out together in the 2019 draft. Kind of crazy that now they are back together with D-Hop being there. Um, but I just think, you know, the Ravens then get that 23 pick, and then they trade back to 25 with the Bills, and they also get pick 130, so they get some value back there in a pick that they traded for Marquise. And then you take Tyler Linderbaum. Uh, as soon as they traded Marquise to the Cardinals, I said, Linderbaum, Linderbaum. Um, if you've been listening, you knew that my ideal scenario was to trade back to 23-25 range and take either Linderbaum or Zion Johnson, which Brady's team took. Yep. So it was a great night for the Ravens, taking two guys that were dominant players at their position this year and should have both have instant impacts. Uh, you know, Tyler Linderbaum being such a dominant center, it's so nice to see you know, him coming to Baltimore be real and not just a mock. Um, he should dominate from day one, and a center was a glaring need for the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, we talked about earlier um, with the new defense. Um, it's Mike. What's his name? I'm going to draw a blind on your defense coordinator's name. What's his Mike name? Mike McDonald. My, it's, I was going to say Mike McDonald. Mike McDonald. That was close in my head. Um, Mike McDonald being the new head coach for the Dolphins. But you know, we talked earlier with this new defense. It's very similar to Brandon Staley's, and we were, and you were kind of asking me like, hey, how did they play Derwin? And I think he's going to play a similar. Kyle Hamilton's play a similar role as Derwin. Um, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but you know, the thing with Derwin is they kind of let him play football a lot. Um, they put him in the box. Um, Kind of as a sub linebacker, they put him in a slot sometimes. They put him at deep safety. Um, you know, I think Hamilton profile is a little bit more similar to Derwin, just being a little bit bigger, maybe a hair slower on the forty. But again, he didn't play like it. So, um, like you said, the Ravens are huge winners tonight. Um, another team I thought had a really good draft today was the Jags. Again, Trevor Walker one's fine, but I thought they got great value with. I know we talked about this off off the pod before, but I, I really like the value they got with with Devin Lloyd at twenty seven. Um, but we won't spend too much more time on this. Um, I guess we'll, I'll, I'll give my loser, and I think Brett feels the same way. Actually, we'll just get into the picks. I think we get into the picks, then we yeah. Let's get into the picks first. So so Walker goes one, of course. Hutchinson goes two, which we it's knew about to be expected. Which which we we talked in the car today. We were running some time, going out and running some errands, and we talked. and We said. Well, if Walker's going one, Hutch is going two, no question. Yeah. And then, um, you know, from that point on, we kind of didn't really know what Houston and New York and New York and what those guys would do. But, um, you know, one and two we thought were pretty locked um, once we got, you know, to today. So, felt good about those picks going to the draft today. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then we head to three, kind of our first shocker uh, for maybe people that didn't hear the latest news. Uh, about an hour up to the draft, everyone – saw that Stingley to Houston at three was a lock. Kind of crazy that a guy that missed, you know, has as much injury history, misses as much time as he has, goes three overall. Uh, especially, you know, a guy that dominates for every single year and hasn't been injured in Sauce Gardner was picked after him. You know, that just goes to show how much upside Stingley has. So that's crazy and a great fit there for Houston at three. They get their guy that they wanted. Uh, and then at number four, like I just said, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, back-to-back corners um, as the Jets snag him. Uh, probably the ceiling that we saw Sauce going was 4 to the Jets. Really 4 to 10 is really anywhere he could have gone. But great value 
and great fits for both those corners there. Yeah, I thought I think we mentioned it. Uh, this I think it was this pat on the last mock we did that Sauce really could go at four. Um, I'm surprised they didn't take Thibodeau. With what they did at ten, they clearly didn't see edge as their biggest need. And understandably, they have Carl Lawson come off an injury, and Quinn Williams has shown a lot of promise. He looks a lot better in his in his third year this year, um, this past season. So. You know, I like the picks there. I, I understand it with Stingley. I, I would be happy if I was a Texans fan. Um, he's a great player. I don't know if the entire... I mean, the, the, the entire scheme changed LSU, and I think maybe he maybe Stingley was checked out a little bit. How do you not be checked out? as A guy who puts up maybe the best tape I've ever seen from, from a kid who's 18. Right. Some of the best corner tape we've ever seen from a player ever in college football, and he's 18 years old. How do you not be checked out and be thinking about the league? So, mm-hmm. you know, I get it. Uh, again, Sauce at four, it, it's a... It, Happened because Stingley went at three, I think. But, um, you know, they get a guy who fits what the Robert Saul wants in that defense. And then look into the, another New York team at five. Um, they stuck, they stick and pick, like I said, Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, my favorite edge on the board. They get a great, really, really high ceiling. Great great motor on the edge. Um, and not really sure what the what the rumors about him having off-the-field stuff was. I think it's BS. Um, I think he's a great player. And then Iki Iquonu. One of your favorite guys in the class goes at six. Um, you know, I thought it'd be a quarterback. Honestly, I really thought they would. But, um, you know, tackle was always an option for them. They liked Sewell. The Sewell was top of their board last year um, with guys they knew would go ahead of them. So, uh, obviously, Sewell went at seven, so they took Horn last year. But, uh, you know, good pick with Icky. They get a right, they get the best left tackle in the class, and they've had a revolving door at, right, at left tackle for a long time. And I think... You build the O line before you get the quarterback, and listen, they could still get, they could make a big move tomorrow and trade a, a future second and go get Malik Willis. We don't know. They could get a guy right. who, they could have gotten in the first round. So we we don't really know what's going to happen there. Um, but again, Ikki Okwuna is a solid pick at six. I'm not I'm not super surprised by it either, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Ikki was my number one guy in this draft. I just think him going to six is a great fit and a good spot for him. Uh, should kind of anchor down on that Carolina offensive line for a while. I said it, you know, when it happened, it makes sense that they're trying to build the O-line before they get their quarterback of the future. Yeah. You don't want to throw your quarterback in there. We've seen so many teams do where they get the quarterback before the O-line. The quarterback suffers, kind of stunts his development. Uh, and he's just running for his life most of the time. So I think that was the right pick for Carolina. Uh, they're definitely a winner in terms of, like, teams that just stayed put with their own pick and took a guy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, for sure. Definitely think they're a winner, though. At seven... The Giants were back up on the board, and they took Evan Neal. So KT and Evan Neal is a great haul for them. You know, picking at 5-7, and seven is, you're going to get two good guys. Uh, so that was a really good pick for them. He should come in and play right tackle. Andrew Thomas looked really good the last year. So that's how that should play out in New York. Uh, and at number 8, we had Drake London. A little bit of a surprise, not too big of a surprise, uh, as we kind of thought they would go receiver, uh, kind of speculating a few other options they could go with. But they end up going with London. Uh, London in an interview after being drafted, said they now have the Twin tower, twin Towers in London and Kyle Pitts. So that should be interesting to see. Uh, it's really beneficial. I was thinking about when they had Austin Hooper and Julio Jones for Matt Ryan. Could be a matchup. Just how much it paid off for him when they mm-hmm. got Calvin Ridley. So mm-hmm. they should definitely be good. You know, they have Marcus Mariota right now at quarterback. That could, be, that could change uh, tomorrow. That could change if they trade for someone. So it remains to be seen what – Kind of their plan is there for the season, but definitely a good pickup for them. Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it's a matchup nightmare. Um, I think when you have two guys that can do what Pitts and London can do with that at that size, both guys who are six five, six five and taller, um, 
move great with the ball in their hands, go get the football. It's so hard to defend two of those guys. Um, you know, there's not a lot of corners that can do that. So, you know, I love Drake London. You know, fight on. He's an SC guy. I'm always going to be biased towards SC prospects. I loved, um, you know, if we were doing a pod last year, y'all would have heard me banging the table for Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC last year. I thought he was a tackle. He ended up playing guard for, for the Jets this past season in his rookie year. But I loved him. Um, you know, it's, it, listen, that, that's that's my team outside of Texas Tech, of course. Um, so I love USC guys. Evan Neal at seven was a pick that I thought they'd make it five potentially. Um, best right tackle in the class is exactly what they need. You can't move Andrew Thomas from left tackle after having a great second year. So, um, pardon me. <clears throat> Drinking a lot of fluids during the draft. So, a little burps right now. I'm talking a lot. But, um, listen, I... The, the, again, Giants stick and pick at five and seven and make two great picks. Um, a lot can be said for teams that just stick and pick and make the right pick. You know, a lot of teams made the wrong pick tonight. Um, nothing in the top ten as we round out our top ten here with uh, Charles Cross, the, the left tackle from Mississippi State going to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, another one that I've liked for a while. Just again, due to the fact that build the O line before you get the quarterback, get the right, get the left tackle figured out before you draft. You know, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud next year. Um, you know, in the meantime, you get a guy for, you know, get blocked for Drew Locke or Baker, whoever ends up there. Um, and then at 10, uh, <clears throat> sorry, the Jets go with uh, Garrett Wilson. They get the Wilson-to-Wilson connection. I think it'll be solid for the next few years. Um, I happen to think that Zach Wilson has a lot of potential, and I think he could be a good quarterback. Um, I think Garrett Wilson is a great, great target to get him. Um, a guy who can run the deep route. I, I, Garrett was my wide receiver one as much as I love Drake London. I love Garrett Wilson a little bit more. He's an Austin, Texas guy. We're up in the 512. Um, guys, I'm, I mean, I've been, I told you, we were talking about this when he got drafted. I've been saying for, since we were 14, this guy is league bound. Yeah. I've been saying this since our freshman year of high school. And it was pretty surreal to see him get picked at 10. I won't lie. It was pretty cool for me. Um, seeing a guy that grew up down the road from us, uh, played high school football down the road from us, a uh, guy that I seen in person play a lot. And, Put up one of those dominant performances I've ever seen in person in the state championship game when they lost to Allen, and I think it was 2018. Um, almost willed him to a victory. I've said this before on the pod, but you know he he's a great player. Um, really good, really good pick for them at, at, at 10. Um, first first 10 were chalk for the most part. I mean, yeah. the exact 10 we thought would probably go went. Um, we get to 11, and it hits the fan. I mean, it hits the fan. Yeah, we have. A run of trades. We have a run. The receiver run starts at ten, and um, eleven is where it got real interesting, and that's where the draft went from. Like, oh man, this is this is about what we expected to. The next, really, the next from eleven to sixteen, nobody thought these would happen. So it, it was it was pretty crazy. Um, I'll let you hit on on eleven and twelve real fast, but I'm not a fan of what happened at eleven. I'll say that. Yeah, you know, at 11, uh, Washington Commanders had the pick, and they traded it to the New Orleans Saints for uh, 16 and a couple other picks in there. Not going to get into all of the details just for the sake of time. Uh, Saints had the 11th pick after the trade, and they took Chris Olave. They had, you know, there was only two wide receivers off the board, and they wanted Olave. Kind of went with it. Kind of surprising, honestly. Um, Didn't know what direction they would go. I didn't think they were going to go quarterback. Kind of the board was weird. You know, I didn't think they would trade up for that as they kind of wanted to build their roster, I think, with Jameis more importantly. And then, 
you know, the two receivers were gone, so I didn't think they were trading up for one, but maybe they saw some reports from other teams that prompted the trade up. Uh, but it's definitely an interesting fit there. And then the Lions call their division rival Minnesota Vikings at 12, and the Lions get to the 12th pick, and they select Jamison Williams, you know, the speedy guy out of University of Alabama, formerly Ohio State. And I just think he's a guy that can come in and be a really good receiver. Uh, they have a kind of a young room that they're trying to build up there in Detroit. Uh, so great draft for the Lions as well. You know, snagging Jamison at 12 is good value, and I think it was the right spot for them to move, you know, 32 and 34 to go up there and get Jamison. Yeah. Um. So I'll I'll hit on. We speculated about why Jamison dropped, and I think, you know, for, I'll start with eleven. I liked Chris Olave a lot. I thought he was the fourth best receiver in the class. Eleven's rich for me. I also think that I mean, granted, now wide receivers are worth those first round picks, but um, man, I just don't see him going over Jamo. But here's the thing. Jamo Jamison Williams left Ohio State because he couldn't play over Olave and Wilson. Granted, it's a loaded receiver room. You got a guy in Jackson Jigba Smith who may be a, a top ten pick next year, and um, you got Marvin Harrison Jr. in there as well as, as well as you know former number one overall recruit Julian Fleming. Um, two guys who were also really young, great receivers. Um, but for, aside from the Ohio State point, maybe that's what teams thought, and, and maybe that's the Jermaine Johnson slide too. Is that teams thought he had to leave Georgia to play? So um, just a thought. I don't know if that's it. Maybe I'm big braining it, but to me, why do those guys fall? Right. So, um, that that could be it. You know, I also I can I can see a team preferring Chris Olave's ability to run routes a little bit more than Jamison's. I can see that a little bit. Um, but I think Jamison offers a little more in the in the short game and in the in the return game. Um, moving to thirteen fourteen, I'll cut you a deal right now. We've been going two for two. I'll cut you a deal. I'll give you fourteen if you give me seventeen. Deal. All right. Yeah. All right. We cut deals on the pod tonight. We're, we'll both talk about it, but we want to. I think it's fair if we let each other introduce our own teams. So, I'll take 13. Uh, another trade here. Uh, an odd trade. Because I think what happened at 14 still would have happened regardless of, of, of who gets picked here. But Philly goes from 15 to, to 13. They jump the, the Baltimore Ravens, Brett's team. It, with, they trade with the Houston Texans. The Texans go back to 15, which makes sense for them. I mean, I think, I think they're picking an offensive player there. And I thought... Philly and Baltimore both go with defense, but uh, so Philly takes Jordan Davis, monsters D tackle to Georgia. I've been saying he might be the best athlete in the class just because of the fact that he's a human being at six foot six, six foot seven at three hundred forty pounds that moves at ungodly speeds for being that big. Um, the velocity that guy creates is just un un mm-hmm. unearthly. Um, you pair him with Fletcher Cox, and that's a great duo for about a year until Cox leaves. But here's the thing. He gets to learn from Fletcher Cox in his pass rush. I think he's got so much room to grow in his pass rush. He was never asked to do that at Georgia. So, you know, a guy who really has some room to grow in the NFL, there's more opportunity. And a good pick for Philly, I think. I mean, listen, they get their guy. They only go up one spot, and they give up, what, like a third? or Yeah. I have the trade details right here. Let me pull them up real fast. I have them written in my notes. I took notes on my on my iPad for until about pick twenty three when I decided it was there was too much going on. But trade details were they give up, uh, you know they they send fifteen one twenty four which is a fourth and one sixty two and one sixty six. So they send 
they give up a fourth and two fifths. That, that's nothing. I mean, one twenty four is a comp pick, I think. Or no, I, no, that's the regular fourth, but still, you give up four and two fifths to go up one spot in the first. That's probably worth it for them to ensure they get their guy. So again, I don't know if it happens at fourteen changes their pick. I still think what you guys did at fourteen happens, even if Jordan Davis is on the board. But clearly, the Eagles thought differently. Yeah, no, it was surprising to see them jump in front of us. You know, I thought they might take Kyle Hamilton or Jermaine Johnson, who are two guys both on the board that should have been top ten picks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the Ravens go Kyle Hamilton, and I was beside myself. Geeked. He was geeked. Uh, you know, taking one of my favorite players, just I had no, I didn't think he'd be there. I had him go into the lines at two in most of my mocks. It was crazy that it actually happened. You know, he's actually a Raven, just – insane that it's real that it's final um no more mock drafts where we have to speculate where he's going uh, it's just crazy that they're gonna have the secondary that they currently do it just should i don't even know what to say it's just insane that it actually happened um but i'll let you do 16 and 17 when you get back um yeah so 15 kenny green goes and we'll talk about this for a minute because i think we both have some Thoughts on this. Um, mine may be a little more extreme than yours, but Texans trade back to 15, which is fine, but they take Kenyon Green, which to me was just mind-boggling. Um, I've watched a lot of Kenyon Green's tape because I was a guy, that was a guy I thought the Chargers would have interest in at 17 a while back. Um, it was very evident to me why he was no longer a right tackle after the first game. He's not a right tackle. He played good football at left tackle against Alabama. I'll give him that, but... In the same breath, he got a lot of help. He got a lot of chips from tight ends. They slid the protection to his side a lot, which allows him to basically not have to worry about his inside shoulder and just worry about the outside rusher. Um, sliding the protection to his side, meaning that he has help on the inside from his from his guard, no matter what. Um, got a lot of help from the running back too. So you know, I think it's it's um you know it, it's nice to have the versatility, but I just I don't know if he's the first guard off the board. Um, you know, we took a guard at seventeen, and I think that was a better pick. Um, I think it's a better player than Kenyon Green, but what, nevertheless, they they keep the tech, they keep the college station guy. They move him by you know not even an hour an hour east to Houston, so um, keep him close to home, road to college, and where he grew up in Texas. But uh, interesting pick from the Houston Texans there at, at fifteen after making what I thought was a good pick at three, and Stingley betting on the upside. Um, we got we got insider. Your mom kind of called. I think she called this earlier in the week. Yep, she, she did. Jahan, she texted about Jahan Dotson. Said he's he said he was nice, and uh, your mom's a big foot Commanders fan, as some of your other family. They they take Jahan Dotson. I was surprised by Jahan Dotson at sixteen. I'm so we were sitting there at sixteen, and at this point, like Brett's elated as he should be, and I was happy for him that he got Hamilton. But I'm sitting there like, man, we're gonna take Trevor Penning. I'm like in kind of a sour mood a little bit, and I'm thinking, man, what are they? What's Washington gonna do at sixteen? Um, they're not going to go edge with Jermaine Johnson on the board. They won't go edge, and I didn't really know what they would do. And then with Jahan Dotson, and um, it's a good pick. Um, you know, I know a lot of people were surprised by it. I was one of them, thinking he'd go a little, little later than this. But um, fills a need, fits, fits a role for them for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I liked it a lot. Um, a guy coming right there, start opposite Terry McLaurin, and I really thought that was definitely one of the de- destinations he was going to go. Uh, Commanders were high on Olave, who was off the board. Really, the top four receivers were off the board, so they opted to go with Dotson over Burks. And I think that was the right choice for them. Uh, but I'll let you yeah. get into your pick. Yeah, so I'm sitting here. Uh, I'm sitting on the couch next to Brett, and uh, 
I'm thinking, I'm looking at the board and I go, man, Jermaine Johnson's there, and he's the best player available, I think. But they just traded for Khalil Mack in this first second, and they're not going to take him. They're not going to take an edge in, in, at 17. They're just not. Um, <clears throat> it's a misallocation of resources. And, and while I would have loved the pick because Jermaine's a great player, and Jermaine Johnson's one of my favorite players in the class, it would be, it would have been a it would have been bad team building, and ultimately the Chargers need to make good good team building selections here. And I'm just you know. Thanking the heavens, it wasn't Trevor Penning. First of all, would have would have made my night a dud for my team. Um, still, would have been happy for Brett with his team making good picks. A um, little bit of noise as as, an a, as, a, as another AFC fan that the, that the Ravens did so well because we had to play them eventually. But happy for Brett um, that they get really good players there. Uh, we get Zion Johnson, guard out of out of Boston College. Uh, really like Zion Johnson's game. Both Brett and I love this guy. One of our favorite players in the class. Um, Brett said it for a while. Maybe the strongest guy in the class, and he might—he really might be at least at the top here. Um, mm-hmm. Really physical, really good story too, coming from Davidson, where they don't have scholarships. He had to basically almost basically walk on there. Um, played one year of football in, in high school, his senior year. Um, at least as a one-year starter, rather. Um, but a guy who's just a really good football player, really smart. Uh, a guy who gets the job done. I think he could be an All-Pro guard potentially at some point in his career. So I was happy with the pick. I'm really glad they took Zion Johnson here. Sounds like I'll play guard for him, so plug and play, you get a high-level guard starter, so you're good to go there. Yeah, definitely. He's a guy that can slide in the center once Corey Lindsley's gone as well. Yep. And I think that's also something that they you know, they valued in the pick and ultimately led them to that. Or or if Lindsley gets hurt potentially. I mean, there's yeah. always there's always potential for injury, too. Exactly. So. Uh, you love the interior versatility. Great pick for him. That's kind of where I thought he would go between there and maybe 23 or so. Yeah. Uh, a great fit. I really like that pick for the Chargers, and I'm happy that they didn't take Penning and that it was actually a good pick <laughs> yeah. also. Um, you know, at 18, we have a trade. The Tennessee Titans acquired the pick from... Philadelphia. Philadelphia, that's right. Yep. And A.J. Brown, the Titans, th- the Titans' best receiver over the past three years. Maybe the second best player on the team. Him or Jeffrey Simmons. One of the be- one of the top one of their five best players. Right. He is traded oh, to the funny. Eagles. It's absolutely insane. And immediately signs a four-year, one hundred million dollar deal, fifty-seven million guaranteed. So it averages to twenty-five a year. Obviously, the first year is not going to be that much, but it ultimately ended up to where you know Vrabel and the Titans GM were not willing to go to those lengths to pay him. Uh, they tried everything they could. They just didn't want to shell out too much money. He gets 25 a year in Philly, which is now going to be Debo's starting point. And they get the pick at 18, and they get a guy to replace him at the position who I think fits the team really well in Traylon Burks, um, the sixth wide receiver taken in this draft in the first 18 picks. You know, we somewhat talked about it over the course of the offseason that Burks could go to the Titans at 26. Uh, But he is a good pick here from Arkansas. Incredible yards after the catch guy. And just could be moved around a lot in that formation. I think it'd be really beneficial to the offense, open things up as well. Um, but I like it a lot. So I think it was the right move for the Titans, getting A.J. Brown gone and getting some value for him before you know you couldn't pay him. Yeah, I mean, the thing with him is is you're not going to be able to find a replacement, a guy that, that might be A.J. Brown light. Um a guy who can probably do more with the ball in his hands than A.J. Brown did, but also probably can't do the things that A.J. Brown did vertically. Um, 
But again, we, we, we mentioned this on the pod. Burks fits well with that offense. We mocked him a couple times in the 26. Um, simply because I think he just fits what they want to do. He's physical. He's big. He can take handoffs as well if you wanted him to, uh, kind of in the outside zone game or in the read option game. Um, take the law off Derrick Henry just a hair, uh, which is always nice. Um, again, I'm not going to call – I mean, as, listen, as soon as the as the trade happened, I go, I go that's Traylon Burks. Because they have to get a receiver replacement. They don't really have anybody outside of him. Um, I know they traded for Robert Woods, but coming off another ACL injury for him, I think he's had another one prior in his career. At one point, just you got to get a younger receiver in there. Receivers, clearly it's being valued very high to get young receivers on rookie deals, just like quarterbacks, just like left tackles, just like edge rushers now. Um, and we'll get back to our two our two and two here. Then we'll kind of reset. We got Trevor Penning. At 19. Yep. Saints don't know ball. The Saint Mickey Loomis, Saints, G, Saints GM, is lacking in the ball knowledge department. Per source. Per sources, Colty Podcast. Yeah. This is terrible. This pick is awful. Listen, I, it, I, I thought he would go here. I thought it was going to be a yeah, Saint. Yeah, this is about where we thought he'd go, but like, we here on the Colty Podcast support Trevor Penning slander because he's just not, he's not a very good prospect. Listen, so I'll give I'll give my thoughts on him. I think he's a day one run blocker. He is nowhere close to a day one pass blocker. He got it just he he just not strong enough. I don't think he's not strong enough. His lower half. He has no base at times. Um, granted, you know he's training with Duke Mannyweather. He is the best of the best in offensive line training. He works with Rashawn Slater. Works with Evan Neal. Uh, works with works with a lot of guys. Um, but man, panning it. I mean, it makes sense for them. It does with with Toronto Armstead on, but uh, Saints don't know ball. Mickey Loomis uh, lacking in, in 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 knowledge of ball for yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm definitely glad Penning was off the board when I knew we had a pick at 23 at the time. I was just worried, even if he was, even if I knew we wouldn't take him, it was just him being on the clock, him being on the board, and we're on the clock would be frightening. So. I'm glad he was taken, and neither of our teams got him. Ideal scenario for both our well, teams. Well, here's I think. the thing. Listen, Penning may have to get him off the field and fire him. I mean, listen, fired. Get fired. him, get him off the field, fired. Yeah. yeah. So, and then at 20, we got our first quarterback in the draft. <clears throat> I'm sitting there thinking this is the worst case scenario for us with no quarterback going before before we pick. And I think you're probably thinking the same thing for yeah. a while before the receiver run started. And Hamilton got pushed down to you guys, but. You know, Kenny Pickett goes at twenty to the Steelers, and and I'm thinking sitting here, we're we're looking at the board and going, man, they're getting their pick of the quarterbacks. They're gonna take Malik Willis, and they took Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, for them, I kind of understand. He's probably the be- he's him or Ma- I think Matt Corral. I'm a Matt Corral truther. I think he's the most priority quarterback, but Pickett's probably the second most, not by not by a large margin. Yeah. Um, in terms of pro readiness, so also, pardon me. I think he also can come in day one and probably do what they want him to do in terms of run the ball, play rate option. Uh, there's something to be said for guys that play play good in big games with Pickett did, but Steelers fans were mixed on this. Um, we had the McAfee live stream going as we were watching the uh, the draft, and I know Tone Diggs, big Steelers fan, was big on this pick, but um, you know, I think you got to talk yourself into it. I think you're a Steelers fan. Yeah. Uh... Kind of interesting pick there for the Steelers going that direction. You know, it felt like they were going to go quarterback regardless. They interviewed every quarterback that's in this draft, it seemed mm-hmm. like. I uh, just didn't think it'd be Pickett, uh, let alone Pickett being the only quarterback to go in the first. Kind of a shocker. Uh, but I don't mind it as a Ravens fan, you know. 
<laughs> they didn't get Willis, which is I thought their quarterback one. Yeah. Um, getting Pickett, not the best case scenario for them. I don't think they were a winner by any means tonight. Um, but yeah, that that was the decision they went with, and I think they felt pretty confident about it, knowing that they'd have their pick in that department. Uh, but twenty one, the New Orleans Patriots were on the board, and they opted to trade down eight spots with the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs traded up to get Trent McDuffie, the corner out of Washington. A good pick and a good spot for McDuffie here. I think, you know, KC needs corners. I thought maybe New England would take Devin Lloyd. It could They could have taken Trent McDuffie as well after losing J.C. Jackson. So it's kind of interesting that they traded the pick for the Chiefs to get the guy that they were going to get. Um, but, you know, Chiefs made a good deal. I don't know if that was their best option. They could have taken Jermaine Johnson and got a corner later, as we were talking about. Yep. But... You know, they got a good corner, solid corner who should start on the outside for him. Yeah, so there was a report, oh gosh, it was probably a week or so, probably about 10-ish days ago, um, came out that said that there was an AFC executive that thought Trent McDuffie was a shutdown corner that he could be, he could play outside, even with the short arms and being short, in general at 5'11", 5'10", um, being light. Not testing great, they still thought he was an instinctual player, could be a lockdown outside corner, and I thought that was the Chargers. To be honest with you, um, I really thought it was us. Ends up not being us. Sounds like um, doesn't shock me that that the Chiefs like him. It doesn't shock me they took the, that they took him there. They need a corner. Um, like you said, though, we talked about this, you know, kind of during our, our, our time, we kind of took it all in and decompressed. But um, they could have just taken Jermaine Johnson at yeah. twenty one. And gotten a corner at thirty, so right. um, there's a reason Jermaine Johnson fell. We haven't figured it out yet. Maybe it's the whole thing about you know him having to leave Georgia, but and I'm not really sure. So um, you know we'll, we'll see what happens there, and then uh, I'll let you get twenty two with your second. I guess you call it your your, your NFC, your favorite NFC team. Um, kind of a shocking pick from them. A little shocked here that the Packers went in this direction. I didn't think that they would draft a linebacker here at 22. I thought it was receiver, but with the way the receiver board was, it kind of made sense that they didn't go in that direction. I just didn't think they would go with a linebacker, let alone the guy that they went with in Quay Walker out of Georgia. Um, it was rumored a few days ago that Quay Walker could sneak into the first round, but there was no way that I don't think anyone saw him being the first linebacker taken, let alone 10 picks into the first round. Um, it's definitely a shocker, you know, I think the Packers liked the Georgia guys as they took another one and a few picks later. But I just didn't see the pick for them being Quay Walker. You know, they could have gone a lot of directions on the defensive side of the ball, which it seemed like which they wanted to do from the get-go. Um, so kind of a shocker there. 23, the Ravens and Bills traded. They just flopped uh, picks on each side of the Cowboys. Ravens went from 23 to 25. The Bills moved up a couple spots and took Kair Lam, a guy that we had mocked the Bills a lot. Um, my bold, my hottest take was that Brees Hall would be drafted in the first, and we did not see any running backs in the first round. But the other guy that we mocked the Bills was a lot, a lot was Alam, like I just said. Um, a good fit there for them is a guy that can fill in and be a solid coverage guy opposite of Tredavious White. Yeah, I'm a big Kyler Alam fan. Uh, you know, I like his game a lot. I think he does a lot really, really well in coverage. Um, 
There's not much he doesn't do well in coverage, actually. I think he's a really good player. He's a little bit handsy at times, but at the end of the day, like he's a solid coverage coverage corner. Um, that's really what the Bills need, too. They don't need a guy who's going to come in and, <clears throat> and stuff the run. I mean, they have great box safeties for that. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. Uh, they just... I just think that was a great pick for them. I'm a, like I said, big Kair Alam fan. Uh, makes sense, a lot of sense for them. Interesting that they jumped Dallas for it, considering that Dallas went with Tyler Smith at 24, a guy that Brett and I had mentioned about a month or so ago as a guy who could sneak into the first round. <clears throat> uh, didn't think he'd go at 24. Uh, ESPN reported him as a tackle instead of an interior offensive line. I think he's a guard. Clearly, Dallas sees him as a tackle. Um, he has good tape at tackle. It's just it's against, you know, group of five talent, not power five talent. So, um, you know, decent athletic traits. Partially for me, I'm not a big I'm not a big like traits drafter. I more think that, uh, especially on the O line, traits don't always translate to being a great player sometimes. Um, but no, Tyler Smith definitely the sh- a shocker in this in this draft. Um, I kind of looked at Brett and I was like. I remember I saw the pick and I was like, "Oh my! Like, oh my goodness! Like, you won't believe this!" It when when Tyler Smith came off the board to them. So, um, I mean, yeah, just I was really surprised. I, I guess if Dallas hits on other geniuses, but it looks like a big old reach right now at, at a not very sexy position, which is not very Jerry Jones like. He he said that he had at Tyler Smith over Zion Johnson and Kenyon Green. Jerry Jones. Lacking in ball, lacking in ball knowledge department. I mean, agreed. Can't you're not knowing you don't know ball if you think that. In my opinion, at least. And I agree. Um, I don't see how you really saw that, and with how the board was, I don't see how you don't take Tyler Linderbaum or Jermaine Johnson. Just two guys that were much better than Tyler Smith on probably most teams' boards. Uh, but the Ravens are up here at 25, and they took Tyler Linderbaum, the center out of Iowa, come in day one, be a dominant center for the Ravens for hopefully years to come. Loved the pick. I know DaCosta wanted him from the get-go because of what he said, basically exactly opposite of what Linderbaum is. He said he wanted to build his O-line with the biggest guys starting at center. Linderbaum's known for you know his little bit shorter arms, shorter height, um, so I knew they liked Linderbaum, and I, they love Iowa guys. I mean, Marshall Yonda, who's a Hall of Famer, was an Iowa product, and they had the connections there. So I'm really glad that they took him at 25. And I thought it was a great pick. Uh, but after we didn't take Jermaine Johnson at 25, uh, the Jets traded up to 26 and took him, which I thought was a really good pick for them, really won the night for him as if they didn't win it already. But a really good, you know, haul for them. Three picks in the first. It's gonna that could be ugly in a few five years down the road, uh, salary wise. But I just think that it was most beneficial to the Jets to trade up and get him. They need guys now, and I think that's exactly what they did. Man, we said this off the pod. I think a while back, maybe this, maybe earlier this week, about maybe a week ago. Um, I said to you, man, I, the Jets could be really good next year. They could be a sneaky team in the AFC East. Uh, I know, th- I know that the Jets got better. Maybe, maybe we said this on the pod. I don't remember. There's been a, we've done we've done so much in the past ten days. Um, I've had a lot going on in school too, so a lot of the information coming in and out the past few days. But um, I mean, they, I mean, they get they get Sauce Gardner at four, they get Garrett Wilson at ten, and they get Jermaine Johnson at twenty six, and that's a haul. Mm-hmm. Like you said, could be ugly down the road with contracts, but um, you know. I, a guy that they considered at ten, apparently, according to Rap Sheet. Um, so, oh man, 
I can't think of a much better draft for the Jets today, considering what happened. Um, even for the, I mean, the Ravens too. You get Linderbaum at twenty-five. I, I was hammering the table for them to take Linderbaum at fourteen a while back. Um, you know, I just think he's the best center in the draft by far. I think he's the best center prospect we've seen in the last couple of years, probably in the last few years for a while. Um, he's a great player, great prospect. Um, Ravens desperately need a center too. They've had center issues. I mean, it's lost them playoff games. It's lost them playoff games having a bad center. So. Um, I think Ravens fans, Brett included, were rejoicing across the U.S., mainly out there in Baltimore, out in Maryland, but uh, across the country, Ravens fans rejoicing. Um, so, I mean, they, they hit two home run picks. They get rid of Hollywood Brown, which I think is the right move. Um, I know Ravens fans are pretty mixed on it from what, you t- what you're telling me, Brett, on Twitter, but um, listen, you c- they can't afford to pay Hollywood. They have other guys they need to pay. Hollywood's not going to be worth what he's going to get. So he didn't really fit the offense either, to be honest with you. They need a big body receiver. Um, I think they're going to trade up and get Pickens tomorrow. You don't think they will? I think I could see it. Christian Watson maybe at the same time. <clears throat> Alec Pierce later on. So uh, a lot of big body guys to go get for him. They could also get a tight end that they could play, um, like a James Mitchell from Virginia Tech. I know I talked about him on our, on our big board list, a guy who can probably go play out wide as a big as a big slot. Uh, really like his, his hands. And uh, the way he plays after the catch. So uh, look for them to do that later in the draft this, the next couple days. Uh, they got a lot of fourth-round picks now to move up with. So um, they, they hit two home-run picks, though. And then I mentioned this with the Jags. At, they, they've traded up to 27 here with, uh, with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay gets the 33rd overall pick, which is what I mentioned about them maybe taking Malik Willis or a quarterback there. Um, unlikely, this is they took, they took Trask with their second-round pick last year at 64, but... Again, you never know with the Bucks. Um, but you get back on the board for Jacksonville. They take Devin Lloyd, and I thought this was a great pick. This is a, this is a non very this is a non bulky esque pick, and if you will, um, looking for the right word there, but not very bulky like. I mean, this is a good pick. This is good value in a trade. This is a good player. A guy that I that was my hot take the other day was that he'd be a top twelve pick, 12, 13 pick. Um, Obviously, it didn't happen with the receiver run. Um, surprise, a linebacker didn't go earlier. Again, Quay Walker went at 22 was a big old shock. I know that Rap Sheet reported earlier in the week that there could be a linebacker going pretty early. That it could be him yep. being the first linebacker, but um, a little surprising. I think uh, Jacksonville makes a good pick with Devin Lloyd. They kind of get a guy to fill the Miles Jack role. He can do probably a little bit more than Miles Jack did. Uh, and then at 28, Green Bay Packers, we said it, we said it all offseason. Quay Walker's a reach. They didn't make a very good pick there. Um, they don't draft very well. This is the, he's probably the best player on the board was Devontae Wyatt, who they ended up taking at 28. But um, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, probably pretty pissed off. Mm. You trade my number one receiver, who I have made the best receiver in the league. He's the best route runner in the NFL. And you trade him. Okay, fine. You get a first-round pick, get me a receiver at 22. There's a receiver run. Okay, no big deal. Get me George Pickens at 28. What do they do? Draft his teammate, Devontae Wyatt. Um, you know, the reports were that teams were scared off by George Pickens' off-the-field slash maturity issues. Uh, Devontae Wyatt may have a few more than that. So, um, listen, I'm not a guy to not take a player because of his off-the-field issues all the time. Um, I think NFL players deserve a second chance in the NFL. I think that they deserve a chance to grow up in an NFL locker room with veterans around them. But... I'm not a huge fan of this draft for the Packers. Again, Devontae Wyatt's a good value pick, but 
Uh, I think they pissed off Aaron Rodgers tonight if they don't get a receiver in the early second round next t- tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon rather. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, you know, Packers are picking at fifty three and fifty nine in the second tomorrow. Gotta I think move they got to get a receiver at some point, whether they stay or move up. There will be guys there for them. That's about you know turning the card in and not second guessing. You know, you got to get Rodgers a guy, and I think they will. Uh, as we continue down, kind of final four picks of the night. Our first real big shocker. Uh, oh my goodness! At twenty nine, the pick. The, New England Patriots traded down for with the Chiefs that wanted to trade up. The Patriots take Cole Strange, who is a interior offensive lineman from University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, a guy that was projected to go you know late second, early third round, and really before that he was projected a fourth round pick most of the off season and draft process. It was really the last few weeks that he was kind of gaining you know attention and hype, and really was heard to maybe slide into the second round most likely a third rounder well the Patriots said nah we're not waiting we're going to take him at 29 we're not waiting to the third round we're taking him at 29 we're going to take him at 29 <laughs> here in the NFL draft we're going to take a guy from Chattanooga you know who is a 6'5", 307 he's a bigger center and that's primarily what he played at Chattanooga can play guard as well um, that was a big shocker I did not think Patriots would go in that direction. You had to have thought they were looking for Linderbaum to be there for him. Uh, but he wasn't. It's unfortunate for them, but, you know, I hope Strange works out. He's a really good prospect, and I think he could turn out well for him. I just do not see the pick at 29 at all. My favorite reaction from tonight, from anybody across NFL anything, has to be the Sean McVay, Les Snead, there was like a draft party or like a draft, like, they were like a, like a booth, like they were doing like a media interview. This is live, and McVeigh and and Les Snead, they react and they're like, "Oh my goodness, Cole Strange, UT Chattanooga goes in the first round," and 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 McVeigh goes, and to think I wasted my time watching this guy, I think he thinking he'd be there at 104. Yeah, 104 is a comp third. They thought he'd be there at 104, and he went at 29. Listen, the Patriots have never drafted all that well. They picked Mac Jones last year, which turned out okay for him, pretty good, but never been, never been a team that drafts great in the first round. But Cole Strange, man, I'm I'm hung up on this one. This is a head scratcher for me. I mean, if you're wanting a guard, trade back. Trade Definitely. back if yeah. you want a guard at this point. Because isn't Dave is David Andrews not still on the roster? He is. Okay, so he's not playing center. Cole Strange is a guard for them. So if I, I don't know, this this was mind-boggling to me. I, I did not get it at all. Yeah, I didn't really understand it, but it is what it is. You know, New England's going to New England. Yeah, it's worked out fairly well for them. That's uh, true. That's true. So I guess it remains to be seen, kind of how Strange fits in with that roster there. Then at thirty, Chiefs picked uh, with their own pick that they ha- did not trade. Uh, George Karloftis, the edge rusher out of Purdue. We had him. You know, we talked a good bit about him, saying he could really go anywhere between 10 and none of the first. He lands here at 30. Uh, we just mentioned a few minutes ago that it would have been smarter for Casey to go edge and Jermaine Johnson and then get a corner here, but they did the opposite. Um, still a good couple picks for him, but could have been better. Uh, Karloftis has, you know, good upside. I think he does well on that roster with that D-line. Uh, they needed another edge, and they got one. Yeah, I mean, listen, listen. George Galapagos is fitting great in Kansas City, Missouri, because he's a triple steak, double rice guy at Chipotle, like we mentioned. So light cheese. So listen, he fits in great in, in Kansas City, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
maybe a little further south in the northwest where he really fits in with triple snake double rice light cheese but <laughs> nevertheless i mean this is like this is a good pick for them um would have been smarter to go a different direction, I think, uh, earlier in the draft and take Jermaine Johnson at 21 and then get a corner here. Whether that be an alum that doesn't go or a, a booth. I mean, a booth, you've also got uh, – I mean, the second-round corner is kind of up in the air. But you could take Kyler Gordon, a guy who was actually at the draft, didn't get picked in the first round, but you could have taken Kyler Gordon here. So, you know. Um, I think Call often fits in well. Though. I don't think he's a high-end pass rusher in the next level. I think he's a good run defender, so – I'm happy the Chiefs didn't take Jermaine Johnson out to see him twice a year, so I'm happy with that. But a guy that I'm not happy about going to this team, <clears throat> one of my favorite players in the draft, and I know Brett feels the same way about this guy. The Bengals take Daxon Hill at 31, and this really put a kind of a damper on the end cap of the, of the draft here with Dax Hill going at 31 of the Bengals. Um, really good player. Really, really, really versatile guy. I called him a Swiss Army Knife of a, of a DB in in our last episode in our mock um a guy i would have been cool with at 17 actually i'm sitting there and twitter usually gets the picks a little bit early and so brett was like he knew the pick and he goes well, i'm not gonna tell you but who like who are your top five guys on this board and i mentioned dax hill is one of my guys i'd be cool in the top five and so i'm um, really like his really like his game he brings a lot to the table for Cincinnati, so kind of sucks he goes to the afc champs and a team that'll be in the afc contention for a while but great pick for cincinnati here yeah, that no, was definitely frustrating. I thought, you know, him being there was kind of a no-brainer pick for the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, and they made it, so he should be a really good asset to that secondary, and I think he will be. Uh, but to round out the first round of tonight, um, as we stick in the safety department, uh, who had the pick? This is Minnesota. Vikings. The Vikings yep. did. And they took Lewis Seen, the safety out of Georgia. Uh, five defensive players from that Georgia team this past year went in the first round, not even including Nicobe Dean. Um, Lewis Seen's a good pick for Minnesota, kind of looking for that strong safety, and they got him. Uh, Harrison Smith, you know, is a strong safety as well, but I think they can move him around the field and kind of utilize both skill sets differently and take advantage of having seen who I think it could be a really good guy on that roster. Yeah, I'll I'll disagree. I think I don't I don't love this pick for them. I think clearly they viewed Lewisine as as a deep safety. Um if they wanted that they should have gone with Jaquan Brisker, even Jalen Petrie. Um I just don't know if he's a he's a deep safety. I think I think they kind of have a redundant skill set at safety with him and Harrison Smith. Um but if they think Lewisine's a deep safety, that's fine. I mean he tested he tested well enough to play deep safety yeah. so in terms of, of range, he's, I think he has the speed for it. Um, again, the thing with Georgia is like, and you're gonna, and, and Trayvon Walker is is the epitome of the example, like a high end player that really just didn't get the volume of opportunity to do the things that he'll be asked at the NFL level. So, you know, Lewis didn't always, didn't always get the opportunity to play deep safety because by the time he was getting to his drop, quarterbacks under pressure and sacked. So, um, you know, a lot of teams didn't really throw the ball in Georgia that much either because. Couldn't get time, and you know, it was a lot of quick game stuff. They weren't really throwing deep on Georgia because they had the athletes deep, and they couldn't really get the time to throw deep. So, um, Lewisine's got a lot of a lot of room for development, I think. Um, so, could end up being a good pick for Minnesota. Don't love it, don't hate it. Um, but that was the last pick of the, of the first round. Some again, some notable names that didn't go in the first were Malik Willis, obviously Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, Sam Howell don't go, but no, those guys were you know fringe expected first rounders. Malik Willis definitely expected. Um, you know, Boya Moffitt didn't go. We talked about him. 
I think the Jermaine Johnson slide pushed him down, like you said, um, before we got on the pod here today or tonight. Um, I guess this morning now, it's about 12-18 as we're wrapping this up tonight. Um, I mean, N'Kobe D doesn't go, but I didn't think N'Kobe D was going to go. I, I've been saying for a while he wouldn't be a first-rounder. Um, yeah. Ojabo doesn't go, but I think he's an early pick uh, for a team, maybe at 33, for the Bucks stashing, or drafting stash um, for a year. He's probably back for a playoff run, it sounds like. With the, with the Achilles recovery being a lot shorter than it used to be, uh, look for, you know, maybe a Minnesota, Tennessee at 35. Maybe they get him, and I think they're picking 35. Um, I don't remember what the exact terms were. I think they're picking 35. Um, again, don't quote me on that. Again, it'll be updated in the morning. We're going to look, again, with the trade details tonight. We're all crazy all over the place, so I don't know if they're picking 35. They might be. Um, but if they are, a guy they could pick there as well, draft and stash, be back for a playoff run. Yeah, no doubt. Um should be a very interesting day, too. Oh, yeah. That consists of rounds two and three tomorrow. Tease off at 6 p.m. Central, ESPN, ABC, NFL Network. Uh, yeah, be looking for, you know, a couple teams to move around. I think there's going to be a good bit of movement tomorrow, similar as t- there was today. Yeah. And it should be fun to watch. Um, probably be a little bit longer as well. So we'll keep you all updated uh our next episode is going to be the mock the draft release on monday our final monday episode just kind of overall recap of the draft kind of just our final thoughts on it as we kind of enter the second maybe that last little phase of free agency where a few guys sign and then we'll have you know rookie minicamp ota starting up and season will be here before we know it so yeah it'll go it'll, it'll go pretty quick i think um like you said, free agency will probably hit pretty soon. You're going to see some vets. Tyron Matthew hasn't signed yet. A guy who's probably going to sign with a team here after the draft is over. I mean, maybe even tomorrow, I could see. I mean, I know teams are focused on the draft, but if his agent reaches out, they could find something going on. Um, look for some deals to happen early in the draft, before the draft starts tomorrow, I think. Some trades to go down beforehand, potentially, especially at 33 with the Bucks. Yep. I don't think they're taking Malik Willis or a quarterback there. Look for Seattle, Indy, Atlanta to move up there. Even even Minnesota maybe. Or I guess they're at 34, so maybe not. But look for a team to move up. Washington at 47 potentially. Got to compete with Wentz. So um, look for a, dra- a trade before the draft tomorrow at 33. I don't think we've had one since we've been recording. I don't see any Twitter noties on this. Yeah. Nothing on Twitter, so yeah. Um any of that wraps it up. Uh, tomorrow's gonna be great. Tomorrow's gonna be great. I hope we move up tomorrow and get a tackle. Maybe um, it sounds like we don't have a tackle yet. Um, I'm looking for some for, for some action tomorrow. I know we have a picket in the third round. No, no pick in the second. But uh, you got anything else to say today or tonight, rather? Or I guess this morning. I guess like I said, it's our morning now. But yeah, uh, it was a really fun opening round. You know, yeah, I've been great. waiting for this for forever, and mm-hmm. I think it went really well for both our teams. Mm-hmm. Just excited overall. You know, final result kind of we had tonight. You know, some team fits will be interesting to watch this season. Just makes it, you know, that much more interesting and that much more exciting to get to the season here in a few months. Um, but yeah, tomorrow should be fun. Saturday as well. We got the final four rounds of the draft. So we'll let y'all know. Keep y'all all updated on Twitter and so uh, Twitter and Instagram uh, at Cold Seat Podcast. We sent out a few tweets today during the draft. Tomorrow we'll probably do the same. Just kind of you know big updates on what's what the deal is and what teams are doing um but other than that we'll see y'all in a few days on monday for our draft recap and then we'll go back to our normal episodes on thursdays yep we'll see you guys on monday